0: Welcome to those joining. Uh, Today is our 22nd episode of Fintech Cafe and we're joined by Laura Marino. She's the Chief Product Officer of True Accord. Uh, True Accord is doing fantastic work. I would call them Fintech for Good. So we're very excited to have Laura to talk about debt collections. But before we get started, just a couple of housekeeping items. So first off, the format. Again, as always, it's thirty minutes of moderated session followed by another thirty minutes of Q and A. So, twenty-seven minutes from now, we'll open up the floor, and at that point, you can come on stage and ask questions. So, right now, by default, everyone's muted. Only the three of us on stage are able to speak. So, within in the next half an hour, you can come on stage and ask questions. Um, you can ask. If you don't want to ask questions, uh, you can also text it to us through the back channel. There's a icon like an airplane you can click on that and send me and Manisha a message and we can also read the question on your behalf secondly uh, we are recording today's calls if you have any objections please drop now third and most importantly the disclaimer is that Manisha and I we have other full-time jobs and we work for a big bank here in the US and our employer is not associated with the show and we're not endorsing any products either the sole purpose is to cultivate a community of thought leadership within the fintech space so with that, I'll um, introduce myself. My name is Ambika. I'm a FinTech product manager, and uh, I've been in the space of financial services since I left college. So over to you, Manisha, for your intro.
1: Thank you, Ambika, and welcome everyone again. am very excited to have you all continuing to join us uh, on episode 22. I work in the financial services space, and um, I'm a product manager slash uh, strategy manager in uh, the bank that Ambika referenced. Uh, With that, Laura, uh, we're going to kick it off to you. If you could start with an introduction, uh, that would be great.
2: Uh, Great. Yes, I'm Laura Marino. I am uh, currently the Chief Product Officer at True Accord. I have been leading um, product in tech companies for over 20 years. I've been in large and small companies in a whole range of industries, but I think unlike uh, your previous guests, I'm relatively new to fintech. I only joined fintech uh, through True Accord. In addition to that, I am a board member at Leading Women in Technology. That's a nonprofit to help women advance in their careers. And I'm a guest lecturer at Stanford and a few other universities where I lecture on product management and how to scale companies.
1: Fantastic. And what an honor. Thank you, Laura, again for joining us this evening. Uh, As you know, we do have a lot of product managers in the audience and excited for uh, you to join us and learn more about your career path. You started your professional journey in civil engineering. Uh, How did you end up in product management?
2: Yes, so I am originally from Colombia. I uh, studied civil engineering in Colombia, and I came to the U.S. to Stanford University to get a master's in civil engineering, specifically in water resources engineering. I had no intention of staying in the U.S. uh, because my family is all in Colombia, but I met my husband at Stanford, so plans changed, and I stayed. But for uh, several years, I worked at a consulting firm from an an ex-professor from Stanford, developing hydrologic simulation models and software for reservoir operations Um, that was a lot of fun but the company wasn't doing that great and meanwhile the software industry was going like crazy here in silicon valley i realized that i wanted to move into the software industry i did not want to be a software developer and so i tried to figure out how to make that transition, I ended up going back to Stanford for a second master's, this one essentially a technical MBA uh, in management science and engineering. And I moved into the software industry uh, and was fortunate enough to be able to uh, start in in product. uh, Back then when I started product management was not a very well understood discipline, but I knew that it was sort of this... uh, Nexus between the technology, the business, and the user experience, and that's what I was interested in. So that's how I started my career as an associate product management in you know, one of the pioneers that was working on speech recognition, and uh, it's uh, it started there. So it's been it's been really fun.
1: Great, thank you. Now let's dive into True Accord. Um, so it was started in 2013 with a mission to reinvent debt collection. Uh, True Accord aims to empower customers to regain control of their financial future. Um, So from uh, our point of view, uh, I'm sure a lot of us uh, share on this, uh, debt collection is such a sensitive topic, um, one that kind of almost drives some negative emotions for those who have had to experience it. So could you talk to us about the early days of True Accord and why the founders identified this particular problem to focus on?
2: Yes, and you're right that debt collection is associated with a whole set of negative emotions. And there are about 70 million people with debt in collections in the United States. But it is something that people don't want to talk about because there is shame and fear associated with it. And that's largely due to the fact that the experience that people who are in debt go through when they're trying to resolve their debts is pretty awful. Uh, Just to give you an idea, there's a data point. Debt collectors generate more fraud reports to the FTC than any other industry. And it's because they tend to harass the people who are in debt and threaten them. So to the origins of True Accord, our co-founder and CEO, Ohad Samet, who I suspect several of you probably uh, know of, he, uh, he had started working on machine learning for financial services back in 2005. He was first at, at a company called Fraud Science that was acquired by PayPal. So in PayPal, he started working on two projects that eventually became standalone companies. And one of those companies was acquired by Klarna. So OHAD became the chief risk officer of Klarna. And uh, he was focused on making decisions of which transactions to approve to reduce fraud. But he started noticing that a growing percentage of what they were calling fraud were really situations of uh, consumers that were confused or unable to pay, but not really maliciously. So he realized that to be successful in the business, he needed to be able to collect back from those people who had been falling behind. And that's when he started going into understanding how debt collection worked. And he was totally stunned by how he saw debt collection. Reality is, and this hasn't changed for hundreds of years pretty much, The way that debt collection works is the companies that do debt collection typically hire a lot of people with pretty low salaries, put them in a call center and ask them to start calling as frequently as many of those consumers in debt as they can, and then putting pressure on them to pay. And there's a lot of pressure on those call center agents because those that don't meet their quota get fired. So as you get to the end of the month, they get more desperate and get more aggressive with the consumers. So Ohad saw that as he was looking for solutions uh, at Klarna, and he realized that actually there was an opportunity to really change that. And he started the company based on the idea that, first of all, the market was going to have to move away from this way of servicing accounts. Consumers don't want to answer phones anymore. And the regulators were starting to be really paying attention to all this uh, way in which the debt collection was happening. And then the second is that he was pretty convinced that with technology, it that technology could provide a much better solution in an industry that was ripe for disruption. So that's how he decided to uh, start True Accord and really leverage what he knew about uh, machine learning to really start building something that was completely different.
1: Great. Thank you. And so it sounds like a couple of factors driving um, what True Accord is doing, which is changing the way debt collection, which to me is almost sort of an end of a financial journey for a customer into a potential redirection. So that's exciting how How is this approach I mean if could you get into a little more into how True Accord approaches it and why you think this is successful
2: Yes, yeah, so the uh a hypothesis that True Accord started with was that the solution was to actually flip the model and replace what has been had been this very intimidating human interaction with digital interactions driven by machine learning that would allow to put the control back in the hands of the consumers so that the consumers could f- make the decisions that work for them. And then using technology to actually lead them to good decisions and provide the flexibility that they needed. Uh, so the, the first idea was technology can do a much better job than this really nasty uh, human interaction. That's the basis for collections today. And then the second big hypothesis was the belief that if we meet consumers at a point of need, when others are not willing or not able to help them, and you help them at that point, not only will you do well for the consumers and for the creditors for whom we're collecting debt for. But we will be able to actually create a partnership with the consumer, create an allegiance to the brand that will last beyond the uh, completion of the debt. And this has been proven to be true. If you look at the True Accord Google reviews, we get 4.8 stars for a debt collection agency. That's completely unheard of. But that's really the main difference is putting the consumer at the center, doing what's right for them because we know that by doing what's right for the consumer and giving them digital first, mobile first experiences, they will be more willing and more able to pay their debts.
0: Thank you, Laura. Um, could we dive into more of the your customer base? Uh, but first I want to understand, are these loans that are... Let's say delinquent, or are these loans that are charged off? If we could do like a primer of like what is the difference between delinquent loans and charged off loans as well?
2: Yes. So when you think about consumers who are unable to pay their credit card bills or their loans or uh, other kinds of invoices, those consumers enter this debt life cycle for payments that are past due. This is a very different, this is very different than the kinds of debt. That are current, such as mortgage loans or credit card debt, that type of debt that's current is generally considered good debt, and it helps build up credit scores. But past due debt has a negative impact on credit scores and on the ability of people to access credit. So when companies start accumulating this past due debt, they need to try to get that money back in several ways. The pre-charge-off or early-stage debt, uh, that's typically debt that includes overdue payments, uh, previous minimums on payments, late payment fees, associated interest. Frequently, that uh, pre-charge-off or early-stage debt is collected by the companies themselves. Maybe the banks will have their own call center reaching out to their consumers, trying to get them to get, become current with those. Deads. Sometimes companies will use a third-party white-label agency for that first um, early-stage debt collection. But once a late payment extends beyond a certain length that's typically 120 days, the account is charged off, meaning that it is written off as a loss by the company. And now this post-charge-off debt or late-stage collections. The way companies deal with that is they may choose to collect themselves in-house, or uh, they can hire outside third-party debt collection agencies, or they can even sell the debt to big debt buyers that go in and offer uh, pennies for the debt, and then those debt buyers are the ones who try to recuperate that chart-off debt so when when you're asking about our consume our customers and and what we do we actually the the largest part of the business that we've done so far is this third party late stage or post charge of debt collection and uh we have our clients are for example FinTech companies, we have many of the best-known buy-now-pay-later companies are our clients or uh, banks, but we even have some of those debt buyers who have bought debt that they uh, use us as the third-party agency to collect that debt, and we collect it from the consumers. But we also, and this is very exciting, we because we're launching a new product that's for this early-stage white-labeled First party collection that uses the same approach to digital collection, consumer focused, and uh, AI to really engage with those consumers who are in debt. Got so it. That's Sorry, the, the No. I I hope that that kind of explains the difference. Yes, I was gonna give you a
0: compliment. You started off by saying that you haven't had much experience in FinTech. I have to say your understanding of credit is very cogent. So thank you for that uh, very in-depth explanation. The next question I have is you just mentioned on it. um, You're saying that you have a digital solution that you reach clients through, let's say emails or text messages. Could you talk more about your outreach effort and how that is different from the traditional means of doing debt collection?
2: Yes. So let me tell you a bit how the main product works, our product for the third party debt collection. uh, That's collection that we do uh, under the True Accord name. So the way it works is those clients that I mentioned, whether it's a buy now, pay later, a bank uh, debt buyer, they essentially place the debts that they have with us. They send us the information about those consumers that are in debt and the information about the debt. And we start the process of collecting. And the way we do it is we start reaching out to those consumers using digital channels, primarily email, but it can be also SMS. And we have an AI engine, a decisioning engine, that is actually making decisions every step of the way on how to personalize this engagement with every individual consumer. So we send an email we will try to get the consumer to go to a mobile-friendly website where they can set up a payment plan that works for them. But we're tracking what the consumer is doing, and we make a decision based on whatever they did. Did they open the email but didn't do anything? Our decisioning engine will make the decision of what is the best message to send to them. Or if they go to the website and look at the payment plans but don't, don't do anything, we're able to send them an email saying, uh, did you need additional help? Was there didn't you find what you needed? So we're uh, personalizing the experience for each of those consumers and guiding them on the process of setting up a payment plan that will work for them. Uh, when a consumer sets up a payment plan, we start sending them payment reminders, for example. The consumers are able to go to through their mobile device and change the day, if they, if they are realizing that they're not gonna have the money for the next payment, they can go in and self-serve and move the payment to a later date, for example. They can change the term. So they really, we're giving them control. And what we see is that 96% of the debts that we're able to resolve, get resolved without ever talking to an agent. Now, in some cases, when the consumer is confused or they have a question, we have an inbound call center, primarily inbound, where the consumer can call in and get help. And of course, our agents have, through the product that's supporting all of this complex process, Our agents have visibility into all that has happened with this consumer, what emails they got, did they go to the payment page. And then um, we also, of course, are providing a lot of information back to our clients, to our creditors. They need to know uh, where those debts are, who has paid back. Uh, Consumers have the right to dispute a debt. If consumers think that is not my debt, through our web through our web experience, they through our mobile experience, they can dispute the debt. We then pass back information to our clients. So it's a complex system, but from the perspective of the consumer, it's really a, a helpful system to simplify this complex process for them.
0: Great. So how does TrueWork make money? What's the monetization model?
2: We get paid a fraction of what we recover from the creditors. We don't charge any interest, anything to the consumer. When we recover, when we're able to get consumers to pay uh, debt back, all the money that the consumer pays goes against paying back their debt. But we, as true accord, keep a fraction of that as the payment from our clients. And so in many ways, it is a very much a win-win situation where the incentives are all aligned because we know that as we do well for the consumer, the consumers are going to be more likely to pay and they will favor paying the debts that they have with true accord than other debts, and that helps our creditors. And because the creditors are paying us, the consumer doesn't have to worry about having to pay anything extra for the service that we're providing. That does seem like um, that your uh, success metrics are
0: in line with the mission, so that's great to hear. And the last question I have, and then I'll pass it over to Manisha, and that question is, could you tell us more about a successful customer story Uh, When I was doing research, I heard about Klarna. So maybe we could talk about that and how you're helping them improve their retention rate.
2: Yes. So Klarna is an example of a company that I'm sure everybody here knows about Klarna. Klarna is a company that is very focused on the consumer experience. When they first started looking at how they were going to go about doing debt collection and they saw what was a traditional debt collection Uh, strategy that debt collection agencies had, they decided that they wanted to do it in-house to ensure that their consumers were having a good experience. And so for about five years, they were running debt collection in-house. But as the company started scaling, they realized that that was very complex. It's not their core business. Debt collection is complex and it's very regulated. Uh, There's a lot of uh, compliance checks that have to go in. It's all embedded in What we do. So at one point, Klarna realized that they were spending too many of their resources on that. That's not their core business. But at the same time, they wanted to make sure that their consumers were going to be treated well if they were in collections. And at that point, they started looking at True Accord and the solution that True Accord has created. The approach that solution that that True Accord has created completely aligned with what was important to them. So they decided that instead of continuing to build out the in-house, that they would uh, have true accord take over the debt collection for them. And uh, what that, uh, the reassurance that those consumers that would recover from debt and would have a good experience, then probably would want to go back to Clark. And that's very important. I think that it is something that fintechs may not be realizing, but, when consumers fall in debt, people sort of forget about them. But a lot of those consumers uh, will come back, will recover from debt, and they can become your um, customers again. And fintech spends so much money acquiring customers, so much money engaging customers, and creating a relationship with them. If those customers fall into debt and to defaulted debt for some something a divorce a uh, health issue if they are treated well they are likely to once they recover to come back if they're treated very poorly as that debt is recovered those consumers will not come back and all that money that the uh the company that the fintechs had invested will be gone so i think that it is very important for for fintech companies to start thinking that the life of the consumer may continue, even if they fall into defaulted debt.
1: Great, thank you. And so uh, I know we have a lot of folks in the FinTech space uh, joining us on this call, Laura. So I think that's a good one to reinforce, just that life cycle of that customer can be continued into a more uh, you know, mutually beneficial relationship. So that's fantastic. Uh, moving into a related topic, double clicking on that, you know, turning that relationship with the customer around, how does True Accord uh, think about helping the customer into that next journey? Um, I don't know if that's in your current roadmap or a future roadmap, but just curious, I mean, as you know, financial education is a hot topic. Um, How is True Accord kind of playing in that uh, space?
2: Absolutely. So the mission of True Accord is broader than just helping with debt collections. Our mission is really help consumers in debt get on a path to financial health and financial fitness. Debt collection was the first logical place to start because it needs so much help. But we actually have uh, the engaged product for those consumers who are in debt, but whose debt is not placed with the True Accord uh, collection agency. We offer a service for those consumers where they can go, first of all, find all the debts that they have in collections and then uh, use our uh, product, our platform, to try and extend, to try and resolve those debts with the creditors or with the debt collection agencies that are handling that debt. And as part of that, we are trying to help them understand how to deal with that, how to uh, make an offer for a settlement, how uh, to actually navigate through this process of uh, closing, resolving debts. What we have found is that people who have a good experience with the True Accord debt collection, many people who are in debt have multiple debts in collection. So we found that many of those consumers were saying, well, I have other debts. I would like to work with True Accord. Well, if we, if the True Accord debt collection side of the house doesn't have that debt, what we're saying is we can help you establish sort of more of that communication with those other debt collection agencies, help educate those consumers. And we are looking at Uh, what are the other services that we can start providing to that set of consumers? Because as I said, it's a very large uh, population of consumers who are in debt and need to get out. So that is something we're actively investigating, doing experimentation on.
0: Great, thank you. We didn't get to ask you all the questions, but uh, keeping in line with the format, we should open it up to the audience now. I think some of the questions that we have, I'm sure uh, our audience will ask. So Sean, you're up first. But before you ask your question, Sean, let me just um, inform everyone how to do it. There are some party hats, so that's an indicator to me that you're new to the platform. So now we're moving to the audience Q&A. If you'd like to come up and ask a question from Laura or share your perspective, there is a hand icon on the bottom right. Please click there and then um, I and Manisha, we can bring you up on stage. And at that point you can ask your question. If you're not able to um, come up on stage, you can also send us a message through the back channel. So there is a, there's an icon like an airplane, just click on that and you can access um, the, the texting option and you can send us your message and we can read it for you. So over to you, Sean, could you please introduce yourself and share your perspective or ask your question? Yeah,
3: um, <clears throat> my name is Sean Scott. I'm a principal product manager at a at a big bank um and thank you for uh for the great conversation so far and um my question actually sort of continues a little bit i think on what manisha was asking and it seems to me that um true accord is sort of uniquely positioned uh, to understand sort of customers debt you know perhaps i'm seeing you, your um, as you mentioned you're maybe seeing sort of the same customers with different debts have you guys thought about sort of almost uh sort of from a from the perspective of acting almost as a sort of an early warning system for, for folks in terms of, you know, um, as you think about not just sort of serving people who are in debt, but sort of even preventing them from getting into sort of, you know, a bad place or making a couple of bad decisions. Just wanted to, to get your thoughts on on something like that.
2: We definitely have a lot of, uh, interesting visibility into our consumer base. We do a lot of user research to understand who are our consumers, how they got to where they are in debt, and what are their drivers to get out of debt. We also, uh, through looking, I mean, we are dealing with millions of accounts in debt at any point in time. And we're able to see things like many people who have uh, debt in collection have more than one, an average is like three debts in collection, something like that. So we can start looking at some of that data. Now, Our we typically will get those consumers, we get the chance to work with those consumers when our clients, our creditors place their debts with us. So by the time we get to them, they already are dealing with debts that's in default. But as I said, what we're trying to do is not only help them close that debt, resolve that debt, but then take them on a path to start learning how to avoid getting into debt again. And that is uh, where I was mentioning that we we are trying to see what are the other services we can provide to those consumers so that we really can, can get them on a path to lasting financial health. I don't know if that answers your question, Sean, in terms of what – preventing them from getting into that the first time around but hopefully we will definitely help them not get back into debt once they are able to recover from their current debt situation okay
3: no thank you it does it it, it does answer
4: so i appreciate it
0: thank you thanks sean hi tom welcome on stage could you introduce yourself and ask your question
4: hi uh, yeah i'm tom i uh, coincidentally also worked for a large bank um, specifically in the buy now pay later space um, quite involved with quite a few fintechs as well, so was sort of curious. Uh, it's sort of a two-part question. Um, has this product itself? Have you considered any um, integrations with, uh, you know, for example, the buy now pay later space or other lending spaces, where potentially maybe if somebody does get declined due to some derogatory information on their credit file, uh, proactively providing them information, saying you know you were declined by this lender. However, our product may be able to help you. Um, and then second part to that, um, is there any interest in expansion into the uh, credit space? So not lending, but um, rather credit report related and helping consumers clean up their credit report as well after they've had some of those derogatories.
2: Oh, I love both of your questions. I would say uh, absolutely. One of the things that we we would love to see is that com- because we know that companies like now, pay later, and so on, sometimes have to decline applications from people, maybe because those people have bad bad credit and are in debt. And so definitely being able to have those people funneled to what we're doing in terms of helping uh, get out of debt would be wonderful. I truly believe what we know from our user research is that people who are in debt would like to get out of debt. They're not in debt because they don't like to pay. that when they have a chance to start paying off debt, they will do that. And they will do that because they have uh, aspirations of being able to get to a better credit that will open up new opportunities. So we absolutely would love to partner that way. Um, and then, uh, I'm sorry, to your second question. I think I lost a little bit if if
4: um- can- yeah, and then the second portion was um, just in terms of credit quality. After you've had these consumers um, who are working to uh, take care of that debt, is there any work that's being done to assist them uh, with the cleaning up of the credit file and removing derogatory marks as well?
2: We actually, uh, yes, we are actively working on that. Well, Typically, when, when a consumer pays back their debt to us, the original creditor will uh, report back the the credit uh, bureaus. We we uh, don't report directly back because it's the, the debt that was owned by our client. However, we are starting to look at new and, and we're starting to actually pilot new products that would allow us to mm-hmm. essentially help those consumers close that debt, get a loan that we can then uh, give to them at zero percent rate and by them paying off make sure that their credit report is not is not only now uh, showing that they paid off that loan, that, that bad debt, but that as they pay off the loan that we're giving them to just close the debt, that that also gets reported. So we are definitely looking at ways in which we can help them um, recover and improve their credit score.
4: And apologies, I joined late. It sounded like you started to mention some pieces that started to put it together for me. But um, just out of curiosity, the what is the the profit model here? So in terms of, it sounds like you're taking the payment um, and then remitting a, a portion of that to the debtor.
2: It's we are again we're piloting some ideas to test. Again, the advantage we have is that when we pay our creditors, we get a fraction uh, back. That's how we get paid when consumers um pay uh the the debts they had with our clients with our creditors so what we're doing is we're experimenting with what are the other types of services that we might offer to those consumers that would both accelerate them paying back their debts and at the same time um help them build their credit scores and again this this is something we're just starting to experiment with, because our goal is to figure out what are the other services we can provide to start helping consumers on that journey towards more financial help.
4: Got it. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. It's a really interesting product.
0: Thanks, Tom. Marcel, hi. Welcome. Could you introduce yourself and ask your question?
5: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, My name is Marcel. I'm a UX designer and I work in finance as well. As you mentioned earlier, you spoke about the emotional state of the users. How did that define your final product and how did AI machine
6: learning contribute to it?
2: So, uh, as I was mentioning, the AI decisioning engine is essentially guiding that personalized journey for each of the consumers that is uh, that we're reaching out to in debt, so specifically, just to give you some examples, based on the action of the consumer after they receive the first email, we can decide what is the next best email to send them, and we our machine um, Learning engine has access to a lot of different content. So we can optimize based on the content in the message that we send. We can optimize based on the channel. We can decide if it's better at this point to send them an right. SMS or, or an email. But we also are using machine learning to optimize certain things like what time of the day should we be sending the email to the person. What we have found is that some people are much more comfortable opening emails in the middle of the day because they have a break, some it's earlier. Our machine learning starts learning what is best for each individual consumer. Um, What are the the type of the combination of channels to use? So that's how we're using the machine learning to really figure out how to optimize this journey for each of the consumers. Okay, thank you.
0: question, thank you so much. Thanks, Marcel. Vandan, hi. Welcome on stage.
7: Hi there. Thanks for having me. Um, and, and thank you, Laura, for, for joining us today. Um, my question is more kind of just general like product, like as a chief product officer, um curious about your approach. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of different, you know, inputs I imagine to your product strategy. One is clearly like customer pain points. And, and I imagine there's maybe a couple of customers there. Um, then you have um, like the technology side and, and there's usually a moving picture there in terms of how what's coming out with different capabilities. And then finally, I think there's like financial innovation. Um, yeah, so I'm curious how you navigate across those three areas. Like, are you keeping tabs on all of them at the same time? Are you kind of starting from one side mostly and working through the others um, like I know I know you said that at the beginning of uh, with the company it sounded like they started from with the, with like a technology kind of lens um, so I'm curious to see what your process is
2: so we do have a very complex uh, business and we have a complex product we have something that's uniquely interesting because yes we are a tech company we're a fintech company but in the company we have true experts in debt collections. Debt collections is very complex um, business and it's very regulated. So we're really combining this world of true experts with the world of and data science and user experience. So from the product perspective, I have a pretty large team. Uh, we have organized the product and engineering team in ways that we have squads that can focus on specific products or specific areas of the product. Those uh, squads have very uh, clear stakeholders who are key stakeholders because, of course, we have uh, really a B2B2C business in our main core business because we have our uh, clients, our creditors. They need a lot of information as we are processing their debts. Uh, They have their Needs and their requirements. We have the consumers. We also have our call center because they need to be addressing a lot of the uh, any questions, anything that's coming. So the call center is also one of our stakeholders. And then we need to be innovating and we need to be uh, improving on an ongoing basis what we're doing with the user experience, with the uh, data science. So we are. Uh, I we've organized the teams in a way that we pretty much are able to focus teams on specific areas while also making sure that the teams don't become completely siloed because definitely anything we do in one part will impact others.
7: Understood, yeah, no, thank you for that that uh, walkthrough. It sounds like having a kind of intimate industry knowledge as a starting point, sounds like it's, it's kind of a useful approach as well. So I think that that really helps.
2: It is very helpful. My The product management team itself does not have a lot of people who had a lot of the industry knowledge, but we partner very closely with the business side that has the industry knowledge. So that's how we're making sure that, and, and we of course have a, a legal team that's very much expert in what we need to do for compliance. So we are very uh, paying a lot of attention to compliance that gets embedded in the product and how the product operates. But yes, that is something that we are getting from a lot of our expert business stakeholders.
7: Right. I think, yeah, that's what I, I find that as a common pattern in the fintech space is like knowing the industry or having people that know the industry really well somewhere in the org uh, can help a lot. So thank you again.
0: Thank you, Vanden. Um, So we have a question that's very similar to what Vandan asked. So I'll read that. It's from the back channel. It's uh, by somebody in the audience. His name is James Sontag, and he works for a fintech company um, as a software engineer. And he writes, working for a lending fintech, our biggest hurdle is staying up to date with loans and collection. What type of refor- reporting services does True Accord provide to the original creditor? And how is
2: that data delivered? We have to provide a lot of information to our creditors, and we have different types of integrations with creditors. Some who may not be, uh, maybe kind of uh, more traditional banks or the debt buyers, for example, may not have very sophisticated APIs, so we just exchange files. Some we actually have API based integrations, and we uh, really are sure that we can transfer back. But we certainly are having to report back to our creditors, our clients, a lot of the details on each of the debts and the types of things that we need to report back is, of course, what payments have been made and and for reconciliation. But we also, as I was mentioning, things like if a consumer uh, disputes the debt, there is uh, a need to go back to the creditor and say we need to send documentation to this consumer That shows that's a debt or we need to check if the debt potentially was not the the right debt. So all of that communication has to be happening. And we do have a um, pretty strong client success team that's working closely with our clients to make sure that each of them is getting the information that they need. Is not as standardized as I would probably want being a product person, but the reality is that we work with large organizations that have their systems. So we have accommodated um, specific reporting for specific clients.
0: Got it. Thank you. Saeed, let's move to you. Welcome back. Do you Mm -hmm. want to introduce yourself?
5: Absolutely. Hi, Laura. My name is Syed. I work in uh, the financial services industry uh, in the fraud risk space. Uh, I'm just curious to understand your take on, mm-hmm. so over the last 18 months due to the exceptional circumstances uh, tied to the pandemic and relief money coming in from the government, I'm sure the, the debt landscape has also changing. I'm curious to understand uh, what kind of change in behavior are you seeing from the consumers and uh, how are you making sure that your models are being able to adjust to it?
2: Yes, yeah, so that's uh, very interesting because when COVID started and uh, we all were hearing the, the situation, so many people unemployed and so on, we initially thought that there was going to be a lot of additional debt. But what we saw, especially with the government uh, support, people actually started paying, using the the government checks to pay debt, which is very interesting. And it it actually shows something that we had seen in our consumer interviews, and it's people would like to get out of debt. So a lot of those consumers who were in debt and now were not spending that much money started paying back their debt. So we actually saw quite a bit of people paying back their debts. In many ways, the amount of debt has actually decreased uh, over this, this period in COVID, which, which actually is good for people. We see uh, that now credit is starting to take off again, people are starting to spend again, so that's probably gonna go back to normal. But yes, the, the patterns that we saw were a bit different. Now, our models, again, are based very much on looking at what works uh, for each individual consumer, what engages, engages each individual consumer as they're going through this journey. But as we started seeing um, things happening, for example, as we started seeing how people were actually using their um, government checks to pay debt, we then were able to say, okay, let's put uh, special communications, special information. We also, as we started um, learning about uh, some of the options for consumers, we tried to use to educate consumers as well as to the options they had. So we were watching really what was going on and it was very interesting that to see how much people really tried to use this help from the government to get out of debt. Um, the models themselves, I don't think changed that much but some of the strategies we used during specific periods, we really tailored to that. Thank you. Makes sense. Thanks, Said.
0: Hi, Alok. Welcome back. Do you want to introduce yourself and ask your question? Yeah,
5: sure. Thank you, Ambika and Monisha, for setting this up. And uh, it has been a great series so far. So, And uh, um, this, my name is Alok Jariwal. I work at a company called Upgrade, which is again another fintech space. My question, Laura, is more towards the, the product management side of it. You you mentioned the company is B2B or B2B2C. Um, I would be interested in in listening or learning what are the kind of challenges you uh, see on a daily basis when you receive feedback from your B2B customers or from other channels. What is like kind of a prioritization framework that you your team uses? To, to do the prior uh, to feature prioritization
2: yes but I, I always say that the hardest job of a product manager is balancing priorities you never ever have enough engineering bandwidth to do everything that people would want you to do and we all have a lot of stakeholders. So there's a couple of things. One of the things that I think is very important is we try to align with business OKRs. So as a company, as an executive team, we look at what are going to be the key objectives for us um, for the next year. We also have a vision. So based on the OKRs, then uh, what I try to do is work with the teams to see what objectives that the teams have will contribute best to those OKRs. And of course, we then get a lot of input from the specific stakeholders, and we try to align to make sure that the initiatives that we're prioritizing based on the OKRs and based on the input we're getting are the best ones. Now, we, based on that and based on additional considerations, it's really a responsibility of the product managers to a certain extent is you need to be looking Also, how are you progressing towards the vision that you have for the product? And you also need to be looking at understanding where engineering is with technical debt. Uh, As companies grow, technical debt accumulates and successful companies start feeling the pain of technical debt. So in this uh, complex process of setting priorities, product managers need to balance what are the business OKRs, What are the key things that need to be done for long-term viability in terms of scalability? What are the things that may be more tactical that uh, need to be addressed just because of needs of the key stakeholders? And based on that, put together the roadmap. And then what we do is on a quarterly basis, we revisit where we are. We revisit what we've made progress. We revisit if something has changed or an urgent, unexpected Mm -hmm. need has surfaced. Uh, So it's an ongoing process of aligning objectives, tactical needs, and um, and the vision.
5: Yeah, thank you. Basically, the building blocks or the foundational pieces starts from the um, the pillars that that gets defined at a company level, right? So that helps in in uh, steering some noise and and clear and having a clear vision.
2: Yes, I like to think of input coming from the top in terms of OKRs, but I also like the idea of empowered squads or empowered groups that become the experts in one product or an area of the product, and they can come up with what would be the best initiatives that would be aligned with those OKRs. So it's really this process of top down, what is the business trying to do, but also bottoms up what do the teams think are going to be the most effective um, initiatives to meet those goals. Thank you. Thanks,
0: Alok. And Deidre, welcome back. Laura, Deidre asked really good questions. I think this is her superpower. So Deidre, over to you, no pressure. (laughs)
6: No pressure at all. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hi, Laura. Um, So my question is about um, the user experience once the user already has a relationship with you. So you talked about how in the beginning you use machine learning heavily to try to figure out the best way to um, aim the product at the customer to get them to respond. So once they are actually a customer, Um, How do you also use machine learning to celebrate success? Um, Like some people may want encouragement. Some people may want advice on how to get out of debt. Some people may want, you know, um, confetti to fall, music to play, something like that. Do you also try to um, tailor that experience once they've already started um, paying down their debt?
2: Yes, and absolutely. I'm a big, big believer in positive reinforcement. I'm also a big believer in starting to turn what this painful experience is for consumers into something more positive. So one of the things that we do is as uh, consumers sets up a payment plan and then they start paying, we send them a payment confirmation email, and Mm -hmm. what we're doing is that that uh, payment confirmation email has sort of confetti and has a little bar that's showing how far they are from paying off the debt and it's has the encouraging like you are now 50 percent on your way to pay off the debt and congratulations because we do want to give credit to people i mean they are making an effort to continue to pay this debt we want this to be uh, positive reinforcement. So absolutely, we, we, we're we doing that and trying to make sure that the consumers feel the satisfaction on, uh, based on the effort that they are making.
6: Mm-hmm. Do you ever get feedback when you talk to customers about, oh, that confetti is really cheesy. I really wish you guys didn't do that. I wish you did this instead <laughs> or that instead.
2: Well, it is very interesting because as uh, we were saying at the beginning of this conversation, debt is a very tricky thing, right? You Mm -hmm. can't be too playful with things like debt. So we try to really value our messages in a way that they are not too extreme. And that's where a lot of the um, AI itself helped. I was mentioning that the wording, the communication, the content of the messages that we send, we have a whole library and the machine learning starts figuring out what resonates, what tone, what resonates better with mm. uh, consumers. And I know that in the early days, there was content that was created that was quite sort of uh, informal and so on. I think that over time, we realized that that doesn't necessarily work. But on the other hand, the, this uh, positive reinforcement We haven't, I mean, we've seen uh, success with it. We haven't had any negative because I think that overall it's a very just like an acknowledgement that, yes, you are making progress. And congratulations, you are making progress. So that one um, actually has not had any negative. And and we do do a lot of, um, well, we do a lot of A-B testing. We mm-hmm. bought everything, we kind of do A B testing, but we do also do in depth uh, consumer interviews mm-hmm. to really and more. And we get a lot of feedback from our consumers via our call center, via even via Google. And it is very nice when we get information, like it was wonderful. Your your messages were so respectful. They were clear. It was wonderful to be able to pay my debt without having to talk to anybody. So mm-hmm. those things kind of are reinforcing that uh, the way that we're approaching this is working.
6: Okay. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Deidre. So Laura,
0: we have two more questions and only three minutes. So this might go slightly over six. Can you oh. stay a couple of minutes behind? Sure, no problem. Okay. okay, thank you so much. So Romain, I hope I'm saying your name right. Uh, you're next, if you like to take the stage.
1: Yes, thank you. That's close enough. So my name is Roman. I manage Epon USA IT consulting firm. And uh, first, thank you for talking, Laura. It's very interesting tonight. I have a question um, regarding, I've been thinking about the incentives of true accord. So it's interesting that you have a mission for the consumer, but your revenue comes from creditors. And I was just thinking, does it create sometimes um, conflicts in prioritization? And do you have any example of when maybe sometime you had to take the side of the creditor versus the customer or uh, vice versa? I hope hope that makes sense. Thank you.
2: Yes, totally. And At the high level, as I had mentioned before, we believe that by doing the right thing for the consumer, we are helping the creditor. So that's our basis. So we really are looking at the consumer and we're looking at what's best for them. In terms of priorities of stuff that we may want to do for further improving the consumer experience and things that we need to do for our creditors, sometimes there may be things that are more urgent on the creditor side for the perspective of the timing. But what we will not do, and luckily, I mean, I don't think that we've had to face that is I think our creditors, our clients understand that the reason why we're effective in collecting their debts is because we have this very consumer-focused approach. So we are not uh, being put in a position where we say, oh, the creditor wants us to do something that's bad for the consumer. Let's do it. Uh, we definitely don't take that approach. We sometimes have, uh, in terms of priorities of where we have to put resources first, we may need to do things for um, needs of the creditor that may push out a little bit something that we might want to do for the consumer. But we are not sacrificing consumer experience to follow um, the something specifically that the creditor is asking for. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And Tom, welcome. I think Laura Tom might be an expert on all things debt collection. So Tom, happy to have you on stage. (laughs) Uh, You'll have to unmute. Uh, There's a mute button on the bottom right. Or maybe Uh, I can. Here we go. Yes. Hi. Thank you very
8: much. Hi, I'm, I'm um, Tom Paul. I'm former deputy director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is the uh, one of the one of the many regulators in the collection space. Uh, I had a question about um, uh, how your product uh, is likely to fare with future regulators. One thing I really was glad to hear, and I've heard in the past, is how True Accords model. Of focusing on electronic communications, consumer engagement, consumer empowerment is very much in keeping with um, the spirit and the letter of new uh, federal regulations for debt collection that go into effect in November. And, but obviously with the change in the leadership in Washington, I was wondering whether uh, there was any concerns about True Accord's model, future product design that arises from um uh the potential activities of folks who are less receptive to electronic communications which is uh which we have heard some of the new regulators are much more skeptical of than prior regulators
2: we are uh very much paying attention to everything that has to do with regulations we our legal team is very in very involved and in fact uh Ohad, our CEO, is a member of the Debt Collection Advisory Board in California. He has been involved with uh, the, he had been a board member of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. So we're paying very close attention. We're very, very actively working right now on uh, being ready for the new regulation that's coming in November. So we absolutely are paying a lot of attention to that, and we're uh, trying to make sure that we are uh, being compliant with everything and maintaining the best possible consumer experience. Certainly, uh, we are watching for any. I mean, we we do truly believe we know for a fact from talking to our consumers that they much much rather prefer to be reached out via digital channels. That there's no question about that. That's the consistent feedback we have. And certainly uh, any regulation that would essentially force or reduce options so that you go back to a lot more calls will be uh, will probably not help the consumers. We know consumers would much rather work through digital channels in their terms, in their time. So we're watching that very carefully, and uh, we are just involved as much as we can. But uh, as I said, right now, we are very focused on making sure that we are ready for the November 30th and that we continue looking at what will be best for the consumer. I'm not, not sure if that answered your question. I was thinking, maybe I should have said that we should end at 6. Once, <laughs> once, <laughs> once I'm because, no, that, you're like, oh that- maybe we Topic six. <laughs> that, that
8: was no, that was a, a very good answer, and it's something where um, I know from some of my past experience in government, the true court has engaged a lot with regulators, and I think uh, much of the product development, product design that you've built in the system with themes that uh, the agencies at the federal level should be pursuing, whether they will or not remains to be seen, but definitely uh, I know that your product design is design is intended to be consistent with uh, where debt collection regulation has been heading and in my opinion should be
2: headed. But thank you. Well, thank you. I, I would say I would love to be able to share more broadly with the regulators what we've learned from our consumers in terms of their preferences, because that's something we're very, very attuned to.
0: Well, um Laura, I think that was a great uh, endorsement from somebody who worked at the CFPB at a pretty high level, so I think it was a, it was great that we uh, that Tom came on and we extended the call by four or five minutes.
1: <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tom. Uh, Laura, so any closing remarks from your side? Uh, we very much appreciate that you came on uh, just for everybody's awareness. Laura has been so hands on and the team at true accord, um, so like you know, we post on LinkedIn like that's how we do marketing. And I think 10 different people from LinkedIn, from um, True Accord uh, posted, reposted our post. So I think the culture at True Accord is very collaborative and very supportive. And Laura, we were so thankful that you could join us today. Any closing remarks from you?
2: Oh, I just appreciated uh, being invited and having the chance mm-hmm. to share a little bit of what we're doing. One thing about the True Accord uh, team, I think, is that we're all very, very much driven by our mission. So that's why you see people excited about this and sharing what we're doing. Definitely.
0: Lovely. Thank you. Munisha, anything from you?
1: No, thank you, Laura. And thank you, everyone, for sticking around. Uh, this was a fantastic conversation. Learned so much. Um, Thanks for shining the light uh, on something that's otherwise fairly uh, obscure.
0: Thank you, everyone. So that's it for today. And next week, we'll be joined by the founder and CEO of Deserve. So please join same time next week. Thank you. Have a good evening.
2: Good night.